Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and stronger movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Monday's motivational words, and it can have something to do with movement or other things, movement of life, the physical body. Today is about overcoming the overachiever syndrome. So I've gotten a few questions about this from people, and I thought I would address it I don't necessarily put myself in this category. I'm sure that some of my loved ones might think I'm overachieving, but overachieving is a, a, usually has a kind of a detrimental tone to it. And there's kind of a high performing line and then overachieving is, is going a little bit beyond that. And the thing about overachieving syndrome is in general, if you know people who are who are prone to be overachievers, there's not ever that feeling of satisfaction because the the drive of to achieve um, is from fear often. And so, if you always are motivated from fear because of the negative outcome of what might happen, then that's you're not really optimizing your own performance you're going to always be kind of critical of it and overdoing, um, doing beyond what is necessary, which is the overachieving quality um, because out of fear. So how does one, how does one deal with this overachieving energy on um, this overachieving issue? So I came up with an acronym. Now, again, I'm not a, I'm not a therapist and there's so many therapists that really help with behavior and habits and some of it is wiring for sure. I mean, people are wired to be more anxious or less anxious or 
depressed or not depressed. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's lots of shades here, but if you know that you're wired in a way that you're overachieving and, and there's, there's different, I'm sure there's lots of quizzes you can take online to kind of see if you are in that category. But if you know that you are driven and that you're often driven to a point that um, you're working always for your goals and never able to really dial down and you do a lot of great things, but always feel like you have to accomplish more. And um, that, and I think almost not a lack of satisfaction, but not able to really reap the satisfaction that one should get when you work hard. So if you have any of those kind of qualities and that you're happy, you're not feeling happy in the accomplishments, then you might have this overachievement syndrome. And so there, go and take a quiz about it. But if you feel like you already know you're, you're in that category, here are four things I came up with. But again, I feel like, you know, someone, a professional is going to help you even more so. Okay. So from what I gather from my own experience, having some people like this in my life, having definitely a, uh, a, a vein of this in my existence. I, I definitely have parts of this as an overachiever. I'm going to talk about getting over overachieving, but over is the acronym. So the first is O. O stands for organize. So if you are always, always working to you know do the next thing and do it better than, than you did the last time, a lot of time overachievers are really competitive with themselves. But there's a lot of this... Um, moving toward goals and the cost is, is outweighing any of the rewards and it's, and there's, and it's a lot of goals. So it's not like just one thing. So organizing what you are focusing on is actually going to help you because you're not going to always go into the next thing or try and be great or do kind of high performing things everywhere, you know? So in, in like at my daughter's age or my son's age, you see these teenagers who are high-performing across the board, high-performing athletes, academics, you know, they're doing all of this stuff. And it's um, it can be a lot. And as there's, there's some kids that can handle it, but if you're always looking to kind of outperform whatever you're doing, you're going to stretch yourself thin. And so being able to organize how you uh, helps you break out of the drive to do everything at this high level, this high, impossibly high standard, really. So instead, prioritize and stick with what is really, really important. Make a list of five to seven most important things in your life that bring you fulfillment. And then, and then, and stay organized in that those are the things that you're going to focus on. You're not going to try and be the best at everything. So I see this in the in the yoga a lot. High achieving people and possibly going into the category of overachieving will come in into yoga and they get very frustrated, almost angry by that 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 they're doing a, something that they might not feel like they're doing as well as they want to be doing. You know, there's this idea of perfection that will, will never ever be reached in all realms. And so what I think yoga does in such a great way it is it can kind of break that habit, that wiring, and it gives you an opportunity, an invitation to like say, hey, I'm, I'm practicing and I just want to feel. There's not a best pose. There's not a 
checklist. I'm able to do these poses or I'm able to not, you know, I can lower to the floor without lowering my knees. But instead it invites you to just be and feel and connect and breathe. And yes, notice the differences from one day to the other without a judgment, you know, without saying, God, today I really sucked. The funny thing is when people say, like, I really suck at yoga. And like, what does that even mean? Right? So you, if you are practicing something like yoga, use that as an opportunity to break out of your, the norm, the, the busyness in your head, the drive to be the best person practicing yoga. And I know it's not like you're doing it in com- competition, but it's more as a way of determining your own value is in a way comparing to other. So if you Anyway, getting back to the organization, if you organize what really, uh, what you can focus on and prioritize what is the most important, the things that bring you fulfillment, and then you can, in that list, a few of those things like go gangbusters, like your work. This is how I, this is how I personally, personally do it is in my work. I really, really work hard and I'm always looking at where else I can go. However, I have a lot of satisfaction of where I am now. So if I were just to stop the forward momentum, I would be very satisfied with where I am. And that's another way to kind of check in is to, you know, organize yourself in a way that you're putting the energy and effort in the things that really matter, but also check in with it. Like today, if I didn't continue to just go down this path, this linear path for this, you know, outcome, would I be satisfied and put more energy into the things that bring you that satisfaction and that fulfillment? And then the things that don't necessarily bring you that might just drop off of the thing, you know, your organization where you're going to put your energy. So it's, you're not going to change who you are in terms of your drive to achieve. And that's use it to capitalize on it to, to, to make you feel, um, like you're doing stuff, but doing it for a real value, not just as an accomplishment. That was a long O, but you get what I'm saying. If you were like, because overachievers tend to try and do everything and whatever they're doing, they want to do really, really well. And if you organize what you spend your time doing, you can really value it more versus just going on to the next thing and trying to do that really well. It's a great way to burn yourself out if you don't. Okay, V, what would V be? Well, V is to vary yourself. And this is a little bit what I was already getting into is that vary yourself, vary what you're doing. Find a new hobby that you, it's a great antidote to this, I don't want to say needless, but um, relentless ambition to achieve, achieve, achieve is to start something that is new and therefore uncharted territory. And and you're probably not going to perform at the level that you would like, whether it's learning piano or learning, practicing yoga or learning how to swim or um, photography is that vary some of the things, vary yourself. And with a new hobby, use that as a therapeutic tool to help you kind of break out of the habit of needing to accomplish and achieve and instead just doing this hobby and seeing what happens with it. Not for the performance, not for the outcome, but just to do something new. 
So, because when you get in this overachieving mindset, it's such a one-way street of checklists and performance spreadsheets and, and it's fear motivated drive. So when you vary what you do, you help break the pattern of achieving everything. And I, I dare say you can also probably decrease the anxiety that's fueled by working to avoid a bad outcome. And that's really the the pinnacle of what um, being an overachiever is, is a lot of it is just driven from fear and anxiety. It's not driven. There, there are obviously people that are driven and work really hard, and it's all coming from this place of wanting the world to be better or wanting to really make a difference in whatever they're doing. But in the, the overachiever syndrome is that a lot of it is, is fueled by fear. And so you have to go in the side door with it. You can't just be like, hey, don't worry about this. That's the worst thing you could say to somebody who has anxiety and is trying is an overperformer. Like, hey, just relax. You don't need to like do, you know, do whatever you can. And you don't have to do you don't have to do that 10 times, or you don't have to stay at work for 15 hours. It's like you can't say that to that person. What you have to do in the varying what you do, you can help break the pattern. And like it's coming in the side door. And that's how you deal with the brain is that you do something different and novel that leads to a new experience. So very is is a big one. E, externalize through exercise. I love this one. So a lot of times in the overachieving, high-performing brain, there's a lot of internalizing, a lot. And it's, it's heavy and it's it's just heavy. That's there's no other word. It's re, it's exhausting, right? Because uh, this kind of crippling fear of failure is such a drive for overachievers, and it's a lot of internal stuff. And the internal landscape, our internal environment, is where the demons reside. You know, it's where they feed on the anxiety and they get their fuel by our, our the experience of overachieving and this whole avoiding failure, it's all happening internally. To externalize it is a way of of releasing it and externalizing it through exercise is huge. It's huge. It's a path to get rid of the noise pollution. You're, You're exercising, you're literally burning that crippling anxiety. You're burning it out and and you have to because it'll get re-metabolized and you've got to get it out. You can't let it be um, a na- you can't not a neighbor. You can't let it be a resident in your internal environment. It's just a bad place to have it reside. But just know it's kind of like one of those parasites or little nuisances that's going to keep on coming back and try and live there. So exercise and think as you're exercising, not. It's not about what you're doing and how well you're doing it, how far you ran or how much you did, but just think, I am releasing, I am excavating, I am, you know, externalizing this stuff to get all the internal um, stuff out and use that as just a great um, antidote to all the internal the internal demon work that happens when you are high performing and overachieving. You'll know what I'm talking about if you've ever been there, because that that's why the exercise is so important. We know it ha- it, it fuels so much. It fuels your energy in a good way. And it and it um, helps all those 
neurotransmitters that make you feel good and give you the satisfaction that you're so desiring when you're overachieving. But you're not going to get the serotonin release. You're not going to get all the great like neurotransmitter releases in the same way by achieving something as you are when you exercise. Now let's talk about like, well, so how about if you're an overachiever in your exercise? So like I work with a lot of professional athletes and one could say that there's probably some overachievers who exercise. Well, that's a little different because for them, they're using their exercise as that place, you know, as that, as that, that checklist performance, um, examination, and so if exercise and external or externalizing through exercise might not have the same impact for if you're a professional athlete and you find yourself doing this or not even professional, say you, say you are a um, triathlete and you do that as a, as a side gig, you're not getting paid for it, but you really are dedicated. And really by definition, if you're a triathlete, you have to be dedicated because it, it's three sports that you have to do for a time period. So you're working on the endurance of it and the mechanics of each of the different sports. But what I would say is if you find that you're just bringing your overachievement personality into your exercise form, notice the impact that has are you recovering well? Do you sleep well? Do you feel exhausted all the time? Are you angry? These are all kind of, again, look this up and meet with a therapist. I'm not a therapist, but these are known um, symptoms of overachievers. You know, this kind of anger, you're never going to feel satisfied. So if you find that in your exercise, that you're not feeling satisfied by your exercise, then do something different. Do some, and you could say, say you're uh, a triathlete, maybe do some mindfulness work, some gentle yoga work. You don't need a lot of, a lot of different, you know, more movement where you're like high achieving, but more like, like slower movement going a little internal in your internal way, not into the performance track, but into the calming yourself down track. So those are some people, but there's a lot of overachievers who are not in the athletic world. And so they externalizing through exercise is really important. The final thing, getting over the overachievement, the R, is practice the R's. Practice the R's. What are the R's? Rest, of course, is a huge one. Because when you are in that overachiever mindset, and that's who you are to some degree, but the other thing is don't identify with it. Like, don't be like, I'm an overachiever. You can say, I have these tendencies and I need to be aware of them. And one of them is that you over, you're working all the time. So again, when you prioritize what matters, when you organize what matters, hopefully some of your time will be freed up to vary your activity, find a hobby, do something that's just for fun, not for like checking off a box, but just for enjoyment. Um, but the, and then if you exercise, you're going to get rid of some of the anxiety that that is part and parcel of the overachievement syndrome personality. So you're going to need to rest, rest and learn how to rest and learn how to rest well. That it's not like this like low, dull anxiety is still there when you're resting, but really learning how to rest. So meditation is wonderful. Uh, you don't have to sit and meditate. You can lie down. And I think the apps like Insight Timer is wonderful for this. They have so many great meditations on there for all the different things that you're looking for, whether it's relaxation, stress relief, anxiety, uh, sleeping better. 
But the R here of rest is very important. And this is where your nervous system will have a chance to recover from kind of the onslaught of the adrenals being um, pumping all the time in the overachievement way. You need to reflect, reflect through journaling, reflect through, again, meditation. In the overachievement kind of syndrome, you're kind of constantly moving. And it's this, it's this restlessness of not being satisfied and being driven a lot by fear again of what, what will happen if you don't you know, achieve this or don't do all the things or don't perform well. So in reflecting, you can catch some of the, the self-talk that happens. And it sounds hokey, but this is really, some of this has really worked. And I had my friend Katie Curran on here, who's a positive psychologist. And it's when you reflect and notice yourself going down the same track, it's like the audio track that's just on replay of self-talk, negative self-talk, change it. What would you say to yourself if you were someone that is nearby who loves you? Like if you have a sister or brother or parent or good friend, what would they say to you? They probably wouldn't say those terrible things that you're saying to yourself. So in your reflection, try and change the inner self-talk because you have to first notice it when it's coming up and then decide like, that is not helping me telling myself that I suck at this or I'm this or that is not helping. And by not helping me, I'm therefore not helping the people around me. So take it a step further, like help yourself, but know that whatever you're doing isn't going to help others. Reconnect. Because a lot of times, again, in this syndrome of overachieving, you lose people along the way. You, you, you're not connecting in the same way. So reach out to your, your group of friends Maybe it's a close friend that you haven't been paying attention to, or maybe you you do pay attention to that person, but reconnect and, and think of every day as a way of reconnecting because knowing that personality is, is going to get you in this linear um, tunnel mindset where you're not going to pay as much attention to your social and get connections. Every day you need to think, reconnect. Who do I need to reconnect with? Reach out to. And then finally, reset. Practicing the reset, practicing the that every day you have to think of as a new day, truly, as a new opportunity. We have a lot of hardwired, encoded behavior. And then you add all the kind of chemicals and transmitters and uh, history in there. And there's a lot of soup there that is holding us into um, the same pattern. However, you have to believe that we can reset every single day. So practice the reset. What is the thing for you? Is it, again, journaling? Is it walking in the woods? Is it saying, no, I'm not going to take on this other project? Resetting and recalibrating um, how you are, sometimes going the absolute opposite direction that your tendency or your inner voice is telling you to do because you ultimately want to take better care of yourself. That's really the big thing for overachievement is we want to be able to take self-care. Self-care can be very restorative to the overachiever adrenal fired spirit and it's necessary. So 
If you know anybody that is suffering from overachievement, tell them to listen to this podcast, see if this O-V-E-R helps them, but also always uh, reach out for more professional help if needed. You don't want to burn yourself out. We are, again, in the big scheme of things, and this is easier to say at 50 than I than when I was 20, we're not on the planet for very long. We want our we want to make an impact, but our impact is is not necessarily achieving all this shit. You know, it's not necessarily checking all the boxes, rising up the ranks, but maybe it's more about pausing and reflecting. Is what we is what we're doing? Is it mattering? Does it matter to just what I'm doing? Does it matter in a bigger way? That can also help you redirect, and because sometimes we get in a very self fulfilling cycle. And it's really hard to pop out of. But if we think like, my time on earth matters. I want to connect with people. I want to do the best I can for the most amount of people and myself. And in that time also, I want to be more tender with my words and with my actions with myself. Because that's who who's walking around with you 24-7. So um, overachievers, you are doing great things in the world, but take care of yourself. And don't be driven by fear, be driven by hope and be driven by fuel and fire that will take you into um, a new dimension of feeling good and satisfied and fulfilled um, and organize yourself to make that happen. Thank you so much. I'm pulling for you as always. Lots of hugs. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.